Steve believed in you. He trusted you. Why'd you give up that shield? I did what I thought was right. The legacy of that shield is complicated. I am Captain America. I know all we have to do. A word of advice, then. Stay the hell out of my way. We bled for this country. Shield or no shield. I'm not gonna let anybody tell me I can't fight for it. We don't want anyone else to get hurt. You don't want to do this. Yeah, we do. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Dure. And Derek Wong. This week we're catching up with Marvel's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is now streaming on Disney+. Our first episode dove into the first two episodes. Now, two weeks later, we're discussing episodes three and four of the six-episode mini, titled Power Broker and The Whole World is Watching. Uh, Yeah, so episodes three and four. I feel like we all have a bunch of feelings about this show. There's actually been some talk about the show on like the forums and Twitter and things like that. And I expected it to have way less discussion than WandaVision, but it looks like a lot of people are still talking about the show. So I'm, I'm happy about that. A lot of uh, different feelings about this. I think there are things that I really, really love. Some things I really, really don't love. And then things I'm kind of annoyed about. So I don't know. What about you guys? What do you guys think? I think after four episodes, the show's pretty uneven at best, in my opinion. Uh, I think, like you, there are things that I really love about the show that I think really add to like the pantheon of MCU stuff, right? Wherever you rank that kind of in your own uh, movie-going slash TV viewing experience. And I think there's some really great stuff about the show. But I think that after four episodes, I still don't really know what this show is about or what it's trying to say. It was very clear when we were watching WandaVision what kind of show it wanted to be and the kind of message it was coming across with like grief and how Wanda dealt with that. I'm not quite sure what this show is about when it comes to like, is it is, is it just a show about who's going to get the shield at the end of the day? Like, is it a show about race? Is it a show about uh, what happens after the blip? Is it a show about Bucky? Like, it's just all these things that just, I think fight for each other's attention at times and hasn't quite melded in the way I think maybe the the writers and producers have wanted the show to to work. I kind of like its messiness actually, but I I do I do agree. I think the the focus is definitely split and I do think it hurts like the the plotting of the show in in certain regards. What about you Amir? What do you think? I don't know. I think it's it's maybe it's about being a veteran of war and kind of dealing with that, it seems like it's kind of, I don't know, dealing with the past, dealing with mistakes, kind of like living up to legacy. 
I don't know, those are the things that it seems to be hitting on again and again. Um, with the whole thing with, you know, every everybody in the show is looking up to Cap and trying to live up to this example he said as like a paragon of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean I think that's probably what it's about. You know, how do how do flawed people, you know, live up to an ideal, I guess. That's maybe what the show is trying to talk about. But it's also trying to talk about like America, right? It's 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 definitely a a commentary on like police violence about being black in America. But I don't know if it it's really it, because maybe because it's a Disney show, maybe because it's a Marvel show, it like hasn't really like grind down and really like examined those ideas really fully. And I think it's a detriment to the show. Really? See, I think they're just dropping little things in kind of as they go. Like, hey, here's a little taste of this, here's a taste of that. Don't forget that, like, you know, this shit happens. All right, now back to the main plot. Like, I don't think it's meant to be an exploration of race the way Watchmen thought it was supposed to be. Like, I think mm-hmm. that they know that they're just kind of dabbling. And I think that's totally okay. Like, I don't think I want them to try to talk about race more seriously. Yeah. If I think, I, I, I think, I think if you went into this thinking that, I feel like you're definitely going to be sorely disappointed. I didn't go into this thinking that they were going to like handle race like Watchmen, but the show itself brings it up, but it just brings it up so lightly that it's just like, why bring it up at all? I guess my defense to what I'm trying to say. I don't know. I think it's trying to hit on hot button issues without really hitting on hot button issues. You can't have the show without talking about those things. Sam is black and he's either picking up the shield or not, right? And you have to talk about the reality of that no matter what so i think it's difficult to to have the show and not talk about that aspect of it i think the flag smashers are probably a different aspect where they probably didn't have to go in the direction that they did but i think they're interesting in the beginning i was like i don't know what the fuck these flag smashers are all about i feel like their ideologies like conflict or not like conflict but they have nothing to do with each other but now that I've seen episodes three and four, and actually, it's actually coming kind of together. And, and I kind of do appreciate what Aaron Kellyman is doing with Carly and what they stand for. And I think there's a clear picture there. And I, I, I'm, I'm glad that it kind of came together. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but... I was going to ask, so was it too much for you guys that it, that bomb exploded out of her car? Because I think before that, she was definitely painted as morally gray, right? Like this person that has a super soldier serum that maybe is taking a little bit extra, you know, measures to to steal things, you know, from the government and and for the people. But then there's a different line you cross when you you kill innocent people. For me, I was a little bit on her side, and then definitely after that happened, I'm like, I'm starting to flip a little bit, right? And especially with this latest episode, where she, you know, that conversation with Sam, where she kind of like. She quote unquote gets tricked into saying like, oh, I'd do it again, right? Or the fact that she doesn't hesitate to like kill Battlestar at the end of the, the episode, right? Like, I, I feel like they try to paint her gray, but it's starting to become, it's starting to lean more one way than the other. So I think that A, she doesn't like cold bloodedly like murder Battlestar, right? She like kills him in a fight, right? It's not like she like, I don't know, slits his throat while he's defenseless or something. And she does seem horrified after she does it. So like, I don't think they're supposed to be like, whoa, she killed Battlestar. I think the thing that was supposed to put her over the edge was what you talked about, the killing of the innocents, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that Marvel does all the time, where they have to put their hand on the scale so that you like know who's a bad guy, right? Because like if they 
make things too realistic, then it's like, well, oh, people might sympathize with the villains too much, right? And so they have clearly set out to make her like a sympathetic villain. And they're like, all right, let's just make sure we're not going too much on the sympathetic side. Mm-hmm. Let's just have her kill some innocent people so that there's a reason for her and Sam to have a conflict. Because like without that, you'd be like, oh, well, why the fuck is – like it, it would lead you to question too much the entire premise of the show, which is that like the military is good, the military industrial complex is good, superheroes are good, spies are good. And superhero spies who are in the military and work for the military industrial complex are the best, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the ideology of, of, of the show. And, like, if you make the villain, whether it's Killmonger or Carly or whoever, too sympathetic and too real, then, like, that kind of undermines the whole, like, superhero aspect. Yeah. It undermines the whole fiction upon which the whole genre is based. So, I think they're very careful to make sure they lay it on real thick, that the, that the villain does at least something egregious so that no, no one gets the mistake of thinking that there's some kind of alternative to this sort of uh, status quo in the world. And like you can see that they do that with the villains like Carly and like Killmonger, but they don't do it with like, I don't know, Kaecilius or something, right? Because mm-hmm. he's just like a yeah. random evil sorcerer. So it's just like, oh, he's evil. And like that's enough motivation and like you're not tempted to – side with him at all because you don't have any experience with like i don't know magical tomes or whatever so like you know you don't give a shit right <laughs> but carly's political motivations are something where like a lot of people including sam in the show would be like oh like that kind of makes sense like i'm sympathetic towards your goals like whatever they are same thing with killmonger and so they have to kind of make sure that you don't go too much on mm-hmm. the side of their villains when the villains are too realistic yeah i, t- I totally know know what you're talking about and i i think i'm actually okay with Carly and her her acts of of violence. I think I'm not. I mean, I'm not okay with it, but like I see exactly where they're going with it. I think I just have more issues with the characterization of Bucky and John Walker. I think those are my two problem characters in this show so far. Mm. I mean, I'm just gonna go right into it. like like episode three. It's it seems so egregious to me that Bucky would break Zemo out of prison. It just does not seem like something that he would do. For someone who who took advantage of his assassin programming and did all those things to the Avengers, like for him to just casually break him out of prison is just not something that I could ever see Bucky doing so like casually. And like I just couldn't get over that uh, leap of logic. And I think that's where episode three fell flat for me and i think there are a lot of action beats and stuff that are fun and like there's some issues with madripoor too where like it's supposedly like a southeast asian country but like it's all fucking i don't know european mobsters and stuff where are all the asian people in in an asian country i don't know so I, i was actually thinking about this do you even want like as as an asian american like i don't want to be categorized as like criminal criminal right like there is something to be said that if you see like yes i understand that where it's located is somewhere like in like the east asian ocean you know in that area like i understand like it it would make sense to have a bunch of asians but then like there is that narrative like well especially right now like oh the the asians are the the criminals right like they're they're the majority of the criminals in this sector where it kind of makes sense that maybe you know this is this is a lawless state like anyone could be here 
maybe maybe you're right. Maybe there should be more Asians, but like I don't I don't know. I've heard the argument about like, oh, why isn't there like a ton of Asians? I'm like, well, I don't know if I even want that though, but I, I understand the argument. I mean, I just want to see some Asian faces. That's all. They don't have to be criminals. They can just be like bystanders yeah, yeah. and stuff. You know? They could be, they could be uh, like fish sellers. Yeah, and that's and that, well, fish sellers are way too more close to the criminal thing in today's political climate. We stay, stay away from that. We stay away from any kind of animals, animal selling, anything with disease. Just don't. I think I agree with Jeff on this. I would have definitely liked to see more Asian people. I would like Magic Report to be cooler. It kind of sucked. Like I was yeah. expecting, like a cool, like cyberpunky, like den of fucking uh, i don't know a foul hive of scum and villainy or whatever and like i didn't get that i feel like this is the first time we've ever seen madripoor in like any marvel cinematic thing it is and it fucking sucks it's completely forgettable um yeah. for something yeah. that's been built up for like decades in like marvel comics lore that fucking stank like to do to do that shit again that fucking sucked and and for people that don't know, I mean, Madripoor is is a fictional place in in the comics. It is more tied to the X Men universe, if I'm if I'm speaking correctly about that. But it is a place in like Marvel comics that, of course, doesn't exist in our world, but exists in in you know the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And it's it's much like what they describe in the show, where it's like you know a seed of like you know criminal activity, and it's 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 lawless and all that kind of stuff. Do you guys agree with what I'm saying about Bucky, though? Like, in what world would he break Zemo out? And I actually do like the addition of Zemo in this. I think it's great mm-hmm. to tie him back to, to Civil War. And, and like, I don't know. I think he's he's very good in this. And he's very true to the character that they portrayed in the movie, right? And and I think they don't really betray that character at all. And I think that's great. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm not thinking too much about the motivations of the characters why well, I know that sounds fucking incredibly stupid but like it was just like all right whatever we're rolling with it they're they're doing the like tv tropey thing of we've got to break the like the evil villain out like sure would you have liked it better if it was sam who broke him out and and bucky who was like fuck no yes i think that would have been better i mean sam was pretty much a big part of civil war 2 so i feel like he wouldn't have liked that either but it's definitely better than bucky who was actually weaponized by zemo to to break apart the Avengers, right? So he's definitely the one that would never, ever want that. Right. He should be the least likely person to do this, right? But maybe that's the interesting route with that character, right? The, the last person you expect to do it is the one who does it. Like Amir didn't put too much weight to it. Like, I guess, like you, Jeff, you know, I it doesn't bother me that much. I think it's just like Bucky says, it's a means to an end, right? We need to get zemo out of prison somehow it's got to be somebody it, and it happens and i'm happy i'm happy it happens quickly it's not like a big thing it's not like a whole episode of just about a prison break right it's just like nonchalant like oh let me tell you this hypothetical and it's already happened which that that's something i, I you know i enjoyed it's very lazy but yeah there's no real spectacle about it right he just kind of walks out <laughs> yeah it, it's very it's very truncated and lazy but i think think that's okay with me <laughs> you're trying to figure out if you're okay with it there's no real good way to say that but like it, it's fine and bucky doesn't even consider the wakanda angle either as, as we see in episode four right like there are huge ramifications there like that dude fucking he, he effectively killed t'chaka right and the wakandans had a huge part in helping bucky like overcome his his brainwashing and his hydro programming 
And for him to just, like, disregard that and break their fucking criminal assassin out of prison is just, I don't know, it's just a lot for me. But but I get it. I, I see. It's just, it's just for convenience. Plot convenience, I guess. Yeah, but, so. but I mean, and I, I agree with you. It's lazy. You can see it as a slap in the face. Like, why are they insulting me with this stupid shit that breaks the previous characterization? But mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about that it that hard, um, <laughs> frankly. I think they should have kept a closer eye on that motherfucker. I don't know how you just let him <laughs> slip away. He slips away a lot. So many times. All about the slipping he's away. Just, yeah, like he's just saying. so lucky he actually comes back because he slips away like three but or four he times. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have fucking super. He's just a fucking dude. Like, uh, keep him like handcuffed like a radiator or some shit. I don't fucking know. Okay, so let, let's talk about this. So the one thing, I guess, you know, the characterization of Bucky bothers you. The thing that really bothered me about the third episode was what they've done with Zemo. And not to say I didn't enjoy Daniel Rule's performance in it like i thought he brought an energy that was maybe a little bit lacking in the first two episodes and i really loved the addition of him as zemo but the retcon that that marvel is doing with this character is very strange to me and borderline i don't like it because what i loved most about civil war was that i thought zemo was just a normal dude Right, he was just someone who was in the Sokovian army who had who had particular set of skills that allowed him to to be a nightmare to people like Bucky. Yes, be a nightmare for people like no. Yes, thank you. Uh, but at no point do you know that he's a baron, right? That he's rich, that he comes from an affluent family. Like that changes what I know of him from Civil War. And I think it's part of partially a detriment to that character, right? Like I, I think the coolest thing about him in Civil War is that he's just a normal dude and he's able to do what he did. But I think you just assumed he's normal. I mean, like, how do you know that he's not rich? I mean, his first name is Baron. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that just like that line with like Sam with like, oh, I didn't know you're rich all along. It's just like it was just like this way of like, oh, see. We never said he wasn't rich, but now we're telling you he's rich. And I, I don't know. See, that doesn't really bother me. Yeah. I don't really care. That, that doesn't, I'm 0 for 2 on giving a fuck about continuity here. I do not care about either, <laughs> I don't care about either of those things. Like, it just doesn't, like, I don't know. If you can make a good scene out of it, if you can make a cool little story. I don't know, man. It's comics. You've got to excuse a little bit of stupidity, a little bit yeah, of, do. like, things that don't entirely line up. If the story's good enough, like, nobody's going to give a fuck. I think that's the issue, is that, like, it wasn't quite good enough to sell you guys. And so, the little, like, bumps in the road are, are kind of bothering you, right? A little amplified. Mm-hmm. Look, if if it means we get more Zemo, I will take this backstory. It's fine. I, lo- I do really like Daniel Brule on this show, so. He even has his own little Alfred. Yeah. There's some nice touches with Zemo's character. I like that he, ha- he has, like... A whole handful of, like, the candy that his son used to enjoy mm-hmm. and, like, things like that. A nice shading to the character. And and he's still very true to, to the Civil War characterization. I was like, oh, is he going to take the uh, super soldier serum? Nope. Crush it under his boot. Yeah, like, he should have. I did have. really like that. Yeah. Because yeah. cause that, that's what he he's always wanted, right? And I, I like that they didn't betray that aspect of the character. Okay, well, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I know Amir doesn't care about this, but this was also another thing that bothered me, though. But it because in Civil War he doesn't want to. I mean, he does kill the super soldiers, but that's not his goal, right? His goal is to get rid of all superheroes, right? The mm-hmm. the idea of like superhero, like people that think they're better than them, than other people. Now it just seems like the show really. His goal is just super serum, 
right? Or people that are super soldiers, right? Because he should have a problem with, with Sam and John Walker, but he doesn't. And that's just like another gripe, but I, I've, I, I, I can let that go too. Should he have a problem with Bucky? Isn't Bucky a fucking super soldier? Yep. Yes, Bucky he should. Bucky's the one who's, yeah. who's got the super but, but soldiers. Yeah. Didn't he use him as a tool or whatever? While the guy was a super soldier, so like, that's a well, I mean, hypocritical. his whole plan was to get him killed, to have Tony kill him. Oh, right. Okay, right. So well, I, guess I guess that, that was sense. that was like the how he justified tie that, tie that up as a, in a bow. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I do feel like in episode four when they're talking about Steve and like Zemo's like, well, Steve Rogers is an exception, like touche or whatever. I feel like he does not have that rosy of a portrait of Steve either. Yeah, maybe not, but I feel like it's okay if you're just like, okay, like, I'll give you Steve Rogers. Yeah, I'll give you that. Even though I don't really agree, but I'll give you that. I don't give a fuck. Like, what about everybody else who's Mm -hmm. ever gotten it? Like, aren't aren't you all all shitty people, right? Yeah. I think that's kind of where where it's supposed to be going. So his argument is that even though, I mean, we've, yes, we've seen the shading on Carly, but I mean, there are... There, I guess, were seven other people along with her that took the serum, right? They all don't seem like they're gone crazy and, and, you know, turning into mass murderers. I guess his idea is that eventually they will turn bad. The people with power will eventually, no matter what, turn and cross that line. I think so. I think it's just that anyone with with the kind of power that super soldier serum, like, enables them to have, it's like, you're going to use that power in a way that crosses the line eventually, I think. I think that's what he's saying. And, like, Steve is, like, the one exception to the rule. And and I think it's very interesting how they portray, like, the legacy of Steve Rogers and, like, the difference between, like, the ideals of America and, like, I don't know, whatever the fuck John Walker is doing. Like, patriotism versus nationalism or something, right? Because, like, if you talk about Steve Rogers as, like, the ultimate patriot or whatever... Like, in all of his movies, he's fighting the U.S. government as much as anyone else, right? He's not... (laughs) Yes. He's fucking against the propaganda machine in the first movie, where they just use him as, like, a propaganda tool to put him in, like, little silly plays or whatever. He he breaks ranks to break all the POWs out of the camp, right? And Mm -hmm. then in Winter Soldier, he's against Project Insight, right? He's, like, talking to Nick Fury. He's like, yo, this is bullshit. You're fucking... There's, like, some police state bullshit where you're, like, using fear to rule over, like, the people or whatever. And then Civil War, he's the one who's against the Sokovia Accords, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He embodies, like, the spirit of America, but not, like, the letter of the law, which I think is very, very interesting. And I think people tend to forget that. And I think that draws, like, a very interesting parallel with John Walker, who I have a pretty big problem with. I think... They paint him in too unsympathetic of a light. I think it would be way more interesting if, like, you know, we're, like, prepared to hate him, right? Because he's taking the place of Steve Rogers, of Chris Evans' portrayal of Steve Rogers. And you're like, you're like who the fuck is this new guy? We don't want him. What if he came out and he was kind of cool? Like, he was actually a good guy and he was trying to live up to Captain America's legacy, you know, and his, his standards? I think he is. I, I I don't know. I disagree completely. I think he's. They make him very sympathetic. Do they though? He's such a dick, bro. I think you just know that he's gonna be the villain, so you're like primed. But they do try and give him some like shading. Like he talks about how like oh like in Afghanistan all the shit we did was like evil basically. 
And like, this is the first time I've like being Captain America is the first time I've been able to be able to feel. He pulled a fucking Michelle Obama. He's like, uh, being Captain America is the first time I've been able to feel proud of my country, right? Like, I mean, those are the best parts of that character. I want to see more of that. I don't want him to be like a dick in the field. Like, he's such a dick to like Sam and Bucky and like. He's, like, borderline racist to, like, the Dora Milaje or whatever. Isn't that just kind of lazy, though, to, like, be like, oh, like, let's make you know this guy's evil by making him personally an asshole? Yeah. I That's, that's what I'm saying. That's kind of lazy to make him be like, oh, he's personally an asshole, so that's why he's evil. Not and, – and I think what they're going for is that, you know, not everyone can be Steve Rogers. This guy obviously just isn't going to make the cut. He doesn't – there's something in his character which is wrong, which is off. He's a, he's a, he's not gonna be able to handle the power of like the shield or 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 of the of the he's not gonna be able to wear that mantle wear that role. I think it's great that they portrayed him in in like you know that good, the Good Morning America segment. I think that's the most likable he's been, right? And I wish that carried over to like the other episodes. And like I mean, he does get his quieter moments, like you said, like his little thing about Afghanistan and and all that. But like and anytime you talk with Battlestar, he's very like human and relatable. Yeah. He's just like, I mean, he's the antagonist to these two guys who are the protagonists. So, like, you know, he's going to be in conflict with them, right? I don't know. I think it would just be more compelling if he was more likable, but then he's just outclassed at every turn. And then, like, you really feel his need to use, like, that super soldier serum. Because uh, I like that that scene at the end of the confrontation with Adora Milaje is so good because he's like, yeah, it's so good. So good. He's like, they weren't even super soldiers and I got my fucking ass beat, you know? So I thought that was such a great character moment that was kind of undermined by him being a fucking complete asshole during the whole fight, right? And like, you were rooting for the Dora Milaje there. I mean, it's hard not to because they're fucking awesome, but... I feel like everyone's an asshole there, like... It's yeah, just, it's, it's that no superhero comic thing where, like, in real life, no one would just, like, let's pull out our weapons and fight in the middle of this room, right? Like, right, right, right. we'd just be like, hey, let's talk about this and figure out a way that everyone can get what they want. In real life, someone would have chained Zemo to, like, a fucking radiator. People don't just break out into, like, random fights. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess they do. But, like, the, the stupid drunk people in bar fights. Like, these guys are, like, a couple of, like, superheroes, two special forces, like, royal guards – and, like, I don't know, two guys who are also high-ranking military. I don't know. Like, would they just be like, let's start to have a f- – I don't know. It just seems very just odd. That was a cool fight, though. Yeah, it's a cool fight. But it's just, like, it's clearly, like, going on the comics logic of, like, the heroes all have to fight each other for right, right, right. whatever yeah. kind of thin reason. I, I was going to say that, like, I understand where you're coming from, Jeff. Like, like you know, when John Walker's character first kind of comes on the scene – I had the same mentality as like, oh, are they going to do this thing where like, oh, he's he's a good guy and then he just turns bad, right? Like we see the, the, the heel turn. And then I started to realize like, I think it's more interesting if you view his story in the light of what if the bad guy became a super soldier, right? Not, not that he was ever good. Mm. This is something kind of new for Marvel where this is a, a super villain origin story. He was bad all along. He should have never been given the shield. He has that taste of power, and now he has more of it. And we see what happens at, at the end of episode four when mm-hmm. he has that extra strength and extra power of the super soldier serum. Kind of like proving Zemo's point, right? Yeah. Since I've watched you know, the episode, I, I cannot stop thinking about that last scene or mm-hmm. that shot with the, the bloody shield. Mm-hmm. 
Like, that is great. It's good. Is this the darkest moment in the MCU? Yes, I do think so. Really? Haven't there been like eight genocides per movie? I feel like this is not the darkest <laughs> moment in the MCU. I mean, there's something about seeing just the blood, like, and it's not even like viscous blood. It's it's like chunky blood, right? It's got some like, yeah, man, like texture he, to it. He caved that dude's chest in with a shield. So it's a bad PR look, but like. He was killing a guy who was literally just actively engaged in killing his friend. Right? He's not completely unjustified. So, like, I feel like killing that like, – I mean, you shouldn't kill anyone who's, like, surrendered or whatever. Right, He's right, surrendering, right. Like, though. Like, is he? I don't know. I feel like the guy just lost a fight. I feel like if he if he had won the fight, he'd be blowing Walker's head off. I don't know. Like, if we're going to roll with the logic of, like, what's going on in the show, like, this is a guy who was part of a group – who he was literally actively engaged in fighting like two seconds ago. Who just and murdered, trying to kill him. Who murdered a guy who were all trying to kill him. And it just looks bad because he does it in front of people. But like, I don't know. This is what they do. Yeah. Like, is it bad because he's killing? Because like, I don't know. Captain America killed fucking people. Fucking all of them fucking kill people. Like, mm-hmm. they're all soldiers. They fucking go and do what they're told and fucking murder people. It's staged in the show to look like, oh, what a bad PR move or whatever, or like he overstepped somehow, but I don't know. Is it? Maybe I'm being contrarian, but. I think there is a parallel that we have to remember here, though, right? It's very, very reminiscent of what happens in Civil War. At the end of Civil War, Tony is on his back, his head is exposed, and Steve could make the, you know, the ending blow. But he chooses instead to just disarm Tony, right? By jamming that shield into his arc reactor and depowering his suit. Versus this guy hits him once. The guy is pleading for his life. And then he, I don't actually think he caves in his chest. I think he decapitates him. Yeah. Because if you look at the, if you look at yeah, the scene again, it is very clearly how it's framed is like his head is behind a pillar. So you don't actually see if his head is missing, but his chest looks fine. So I think he decapitates the dude, and which is even more violent. I don't know if he decapitates him. I think it's just the way that the, the scene is framed makes it look really bad, and like just the brutality of like his excessiveness. It, it's meant to be that he's using like excessive force or whatever, but like he chases the guy down, he hits him with the shield a couple of times, and then the guy's like saying, oh, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And then he t- picks up the shield and like hits him like 50 times. <laughs> Which, okay, definitely should have done that. Went overboard. But I think it has all to do with the fact that like the guy isn't wrong in saying like, you know, it wasn't me and I'm on my back. I'm in a sense pleading for my life. Yeah, definitely should have. And he executes him, right? Yeah, definitely shouldn't have extrajudicially executed this fucking guy. Yeah, um, agree- and I think agreed. that's the brutality. That's the darkness that I think comes along with it. And, and of course, the shot itself, right? With the blood. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's shot to be like he's clearly done this horrendous moral crime, which I think is like, in a way, a false dichotomy. This is like, again, Marvel putting their kind of thumb on the scale a little bit. I don't know. It's just like, it's like this is okay. Yes, this is bad, but it's also kind of of a piece with what superheroes do anyway. Which maybe maybe that's the point of the show is that like violence is really really good up to this line, but once you cross that line, oh no! 
And I mean, I think that's what partially the show is like trying to say with the, you know, Sam, both Sam and Carly mentioning like, you know, we should just destroy that shield. Like maybe it is better that no one can live up to this ideal that is as Captain America. Right. But the show doesn't think that, right? The show thinks that the shield is a good thing and that Sam and or Bucky are going to live up to being worthy of carrying the shield and that the shield is good, meaning like force is good as long as it's used by the proper people in the proper way. Like this is this this is actually a good thing, right? I want to ask you guys then, do you guys think this show will end with the sh- the shield in Sam's hand? Yes, because that's what happens in the comics. <laughs> yes, granted that is what happens in the comics. I mean, I think that's naturally where the arc of the show is going. I, I think if they don't do that, they've taken a coward's way out. You think so? This is the conclusion I don't think they would ever do because I think it it's too bold for something like Disney and Marvel. But like... Oh, Derek's theory corner. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. It's not a theory. It's more just like, like, I don't think they would ever do this where, you know, Sam would outright reject the shield because he, he understands that this is not an America that fights for him and that he wants to fight for in a sense, right? Like, he still wants to be a hero. He wants to help people. But, I mean, we we even hear it out of Sarah's mouth, right? Like, that's not my Captain America, right? Like, I don't care about a figure that doesn't care about me. Yeah, and she's talking about Sam, and it's like, he doesn't work for that man, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's starting to play with these ideas. I just don't know if it would ever take that leap to, like, have a black superhero say, like, no, I reject the idea of America. I, I, I don't think you're wrong there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's, like, 10,000% what they're not going to do. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think it could it would be bold. And and very, you know, very, of course, politicized and, and, you know, you could swing either way. People would love it. People would hate it. And I just don't think it's something that both Disney and, and Marvel would do. And that's why, yes, I do think that in the end, he's going to end up with that shield. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Uh, yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're dead right on that. Like, the, any kind of genuine radical politics would be completely antithetical to, like, what the Marvel project is, right? So, yeah. You're 100% right on that. There, there's way, no way they're doing that. Also also related, but switching gears a little bit, I do kind of wish that they didn't go with the trope of killing the black sidekick to motivate Walker. Honestly, I I didn't think they were gonna kill him. I thought he was gonna I thought he was gonna hang around for a while and I don't know, battle some stars. I have no idea what the fuck <laughs> battle some uh, stars. No idea what the fuck that character does, but like I mean, it, there is like comic precedence to this, right? Because I think in the comics it's like his parents that are murdered. That caused him to go like completely insane. All right, so, so kill his parents, kill some fucking white kill people. Kill his parents, yeah, kill some white people. Don't kill, don't kill the black sidekick. Very lazy, Marvel. Very lazy. <laughs> I don't know. It, I guess it just makes. I mean, it's it's very tropey, like Jeff said. It just makes sense that like the only person that we we've kind of no, yeah. I mean, he's the only one who has. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, they could have done John Walker's parents. I mean, Carly had people on Sarah's dock. Like, yeah, you don't have to true. have like an established character. You'd be just be like. Yo, we're going after your fucking parents. All right, that's a, that's another thing. What the hell's more super villainy or like evil than like fucking threatening someone's sister and like kids? You know what I mean? Like, yes, I know she says she's joking about it, but like to even go there is just like you're really walking that line of uh, are you good or are you evil? Are you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, we yeah, we kind of did this already. This is they're putting their thumb on the scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the. The return of Emily Van Camp's character, right? Agent 13 or Sharon Carter. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what do you guys think of her uh, coming back for, I guess, I mean, mo- mostly episode three. I mean, she's a little bit in episode four, but it's it's not really a big part. It seems like a little weird that she's like a completely different character. She's not even like recognizable as Agent 13, really, because she has like a totally different personality. I guess like the blip will do that to you, maybe. But like, who who the fuck knows? She's like a criminal now. She's like a, a stolen art dealer or something. Fence or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. She's like fucking she's like Lupin or something. Yeah, yeah. Seems a little odd. But she's she's good. I like her. She had some great action beats there. Straight up killed some dudes. Straight up killed some... Yeah. My favorite thing about the... That kind of uh, freighter scene, right? With the one with Dr. Nagel is that it takes three dudes to talk to the doctor in, inside the shipping container, but it only takes one Sharon Carter to take out like a grip load of dudes, which I, I love that. But yeah, she doesn't really get much to do for episode four. Not really. I feel like they're saving some sort of big reveal, like she's the power broker. Yeah, or some I think that would be the natural thing. Who knows? Right? Yeah. Okay, let's all right, let's get into this then. This this is the theory corner that I've been waiting <laughs> for. Right, theory corner. Theory corner. Well, who do you guys think the power broker is? Honestly, don't even fucking don't care. Give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a MacGuffin, maybe. I don't know. Is, is it... Who who cares? He's out of powers to broke. Because <laughs> <laughs> fucking, there's no serum left. Uh, Nagel's dead. Zemo crushed all the serum, and then John Walker took the last one. So what do you got left, son? Nothing, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that that's a popular theory that maybe Sharon is the power broker, right? That you know she does have that associate that her mm-hmm. that accompanies her at the end of episode three. And if Magipur is as bad as she, it is, and she helped to take down the power broker, like she's still walking around like it's fine. In, in Madripoor, so it, sound, it seems like she has a lot more power than she's letting on. Another interesting theory that I've heard is that it could be Armin Zola. Don't know if there's as much validity to this as... That'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool, I mean, to see, like, finally... I mean, a lot of people are, like, really wanting to see Armin Zola in his, like, robot body, finally. Mm. One theory I've seen that that is kind of interesting that I was like formulating myself is that what if it's Baron Zemo has been the power broker the whole time? I don't think that's even remotely like what they're going to do because that's completely antithetical to everything that fucking Zemo believes in, right? So I was thinking about this. If you watch the Nagel scene again, he has this weird eye contact with him. They have this very purposeful eye contact that like looks like, hey, like I know who you, you know me. He also like is in the lab and easily finds that gun. And there is a there's a moment when the rocket is fired on the lab when they lose track of Zemo. And even Sam says, where is Zemo? And then you don't actually see Nagel's body after that, right? Like, all of a sudden, you just, like, Zemo's disappeared, and he's fine, and he's outside. And then at the beginning of the episode of episode four, Sam is trying to accuse Zemo of killing Nagel, and he keeps saying, he says something to the effect like, oh, let's not fight over those semantics, like, if I killed him or not. And I think it would be an interesting idea that he's trying to get rid of all super powered people what if it went the like syndrome route right where if everyone's special no one's special 
shit. Right? I don't think so. I don't think they would ever go that, but I thought I, that would be a I really just funny read bit. that eye contact and I was like, you're making super soldier serum, I'm gonna yeah. fucking, fucking kill, kill you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and then also eye contact like... could be like, oh shit, that's Baron Zemo, I know exactly who that is. Uh, yes, that, that one's a little bit more far-fetched. The one I actually really like that I've been I'm, I've been latching onto and I'm gonna be very disappointed because it's probably not it, is that I think it'd be really fun if the power broker was uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, I heard that theory too. I, I kind of like that theory. Huh. Why? Because who in the MCU has a bigger hard-on for the Super Soldier Theorem, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that was his entire arc in Incredible Hulk, right? Was to try to reformulate the Super Soldier Serum. And then his whole thing with the Sokovia Accords is to like control superhero people right and it it plays also with the idea that like jeff was mentioning earlier that like all kind of captain america properties have dealt with cap fighting the government in one way or another like he represents the government right he is he was like the secretary of defense he i'm guessing like he might be tied to the GRC some way. So, like, I think it could all tie together. Because, I mean, as much as you guys don't do or don't care about the Power Broker, it does seem like this is going to be, like, a reveal that we are going to get soon. Red Hulk, let's go. Mm. And and it would be really cool if he became the Red Hulk, right? Eventually, one day. Yeah. It's a tie in the, to the new uh, uh, She-Hulk series, maybe. Who knows? But, yeah, that's th- those are, like... Some of the theories I've heard, and I, I really, I've been latching onto the Thunderbolt Ross thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's a cool idea. I think, I think the Power Broker is probably my least, yes, like, also same lowest on the totem pole of priorities for me. Like that, I care about. On well, the it's show. the Power Brokers, and like, I mean, I'm personally, I'm not the biggest fan of the Flag Smasher storyline so far. Like, I, yeah, I, I I've kind of gla- my eyes kind of glaze over when we get the power, the the, the Flag Smasher stuff. Uh, it's okay. At least their, like, little ideology kind of makes sense where, like, you're like, oh, what does, like, having na- nations without borders have anything to do with a blip? And, like, they kind of explain it in in one of the episodes. So, like, I'm I'm a little more on board with, with what they're talking about now that their ideology is a little more clear. But, yeah, I, I mean, I also want to talk about, like, Bucky some more because I think there's some really interesting stuff here. And I think he had a really powerful scene getting deprogrammed in Wakanda, yes. right? I thought the, that was yes. cool. the beginning yeah. scene was, was fantastic. They, they, they fucking made him check his privilege. Yeah. <laughs> There's this one really bad take on Twitter that I saw where someone said, like, it was it was ableist to have the fucking Wakandas disable fucking Bucky's arm or whatever. I'm nice. like, get the fuck out of here. He's a fucking white man. Who has brainwashed coding in him to fucking assassinate people at random? You're not gonna put a fucking failsafe in in that arm. Well, the Wakandans are smart. They're not gonna fucking like just let him keep that arm like willy nilly and like not have like a a backup plan to like incapacitate him somehow. Right? I think it's fine. I don't think it's an issue that they took his arm away for five seconds. I don't know. Maybe it's not a failsafe so much as just like. You can turn any device on. Like it, it's like, does your cell phone have a failsafe because I can hit the power button and turn it off? No, you know what I mean. Like maybe right, they right, just right, right. know how it works, and so they can turn it off. Like maybe right, it's not, exactly. Maybe it's not like oh, we have programmed in this back door to you know screw over Bucky if he ever turns against us. Ha 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 ha. Like I don't think yeah. that's what it is. I think know how the arm works, and they're like oh, if I do this, you know, 
The look on his face was hilarious, though. I, I thought that was really funny. He was like, "What?" <laughs> Wait, Amir, you do you don't you don't read it as that's like a failsafe? I mean, probably, but I, I don't think it has to be. I could read it either way, actually. I don't. Know. I read. I read it as very like this was a very specific action that she needed to yeah, do. Yeah, like, they made it disarm look like, him. Yeah, they made it look like uh, you know she was like hitting pressure points. It's or like something. pressure like, points. Yeah, 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 they yeah, made yeah. it look like a. So yeah, I th- I thought it was very purposeful. Like this is like we built this in. You didn't know. So that if at any point we do need to, quote unquote, disarm you, <laughs> we can. Which I thought was really funny. Like, literally disarming him. Uh, <laughs> I do think that whole fight is great. Yeah. I love the the moment when the the, the unnamed Dormelage, like, flips the shield up and, like, she's holding yeah. it. And I was like, dude, that... That's some Captain give, America move. Yeah. Don't cool. give it to anybody else. Give it to the Dormelage. <laughs> yeah, the shield to cool. her. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the work of the spear, yeah. The spears, yeah. So, so really good. Cool. And this goes back to, like, talking about, like, John Walker and how much of a dick he is. He's like, I saw I saw someone have, like, a really funny take where it's like, it's typical, like, American foreign policy to be like, you don't have jurisdiction yeah. here when you're, you're a fucking American on foreign soil. That's not even your country, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. and you're saying you don't have j- jurisdiction here or whatever. I think, I thought that was really funny. Does he work... For the U.S. or does he work for like this global? Yeah, he works for the global repatriation. Yeah, is he working for the GRC? Yeah, he is. Yes, okay. Because I think at the beginning of the third episode, you see him coming out of a van, and on the van, it's the GRC label and everything. Yeah. So technically, yes, he is working for a global entity, but that still didn't get over my head. That you know, he's definitely still kind of quote unquote representing America. You know, he's Captain America and saying yeah. like, hey. I have jurisdiction, but you don't, uh, which which is like very ironic and very funny to me. I think it's also funny that if you contrast him with Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers only introduced himself as Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. But John Walker always goes, hey, how are you doing? John Walker, Captain America. America. He's always mm-hmm. saying that. So I think that's funny. I think Steve Rogers sees himself as Steve Rogers first and Captain America second, which I think is is very interesting. Mm. Fucking kill Bill's Superman the disguise for Clark Kent the disguise shit. All right, sure enough. <laughs> yeah, but but I think the, the the comedic beats in that fight work too. Where where Bucky's like looking good, John, when he's yeah. like yeah. <laughs> looking yeah, strong, yeah. John, when he's like getting and then, his like ass Zemo beat. is just like taking a swig of his whiskey or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Funny. Then he's just backing away into the doors and he's just closing them. Just fun moments. I I wanted to ask you guys, what did you guys think of the moment when you we realized that? he's taken he's taken the serum already i f- imagine in my head that it would have been a bigger moment like we would actually see him take the right, serum. yeah i thought they were gonna do it too but but then it was just kind of like because i to be completely honest i was a little confused it wasn't until like he actually i think kick the guy down the stairs that's when i realized when he bends that pipe you're like oh okay oh shit because like when he threw the shield i was like okay may- maybe he's yeah, strong yeah but then- yeah yeah but then maybe the shield was doing most of the work, right? Oh, when it goes into the wall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was a little confused. And then and then it does become clear when the guy's like literally like just says like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And yeah. then he runs away. But yeah, so I thought it didn't work for me, right? It like it didn't have the weight. I think that maybe they wanted it to to be like this like like it's it's not about the fact that he's taking the serum. It's, oh, it, the big surprise is that he has already taken the serum. I don't know. I, I think it just doesn't play very well. Um, uh, I actually think it's okay. It's supposed to be some Watchmen shit, right? Like, oh, why would I tell you about my taking the super serious serum? I took it, th- mm-hmm. <laughs> took it yeah. 30 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
I think it's okay. I don't think it's that bad. I think I think from the moment where you had that shot where it just lingered on him looking at the last vial, you're like, all right, he's definitely going to take it. Yeah, but I guess if if I kind of agree with Derek though is that I did think they were going to like maybe hold out for another episode or something, maybe make it mm. like let's see him actually struggling with this and let's see the moment where he finally decides to shoot it into his veins. You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe maybe when his friend dies, that's the moment exactly. he decides to do it or whatever, right? I thought their conversation in the market would be more like, like, hey, would you take the serum? And then, you know, Hoskins being more of the, the sound mind. Because he, he's been shown as being the guy who's been really logical, right? Like, when Sam has a suggestion, he's like, hey, wait, John, let's listen to Sam. Yeah. Right? He's very logical. Like, it was a little surprising to me that Hoskins was like, hell yeah, I would take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and hell yeah, you should take it. Versus, like, I thought he would be his moral compass in a sense. Like, well, you should really think about if it is right for you to take. And then the second he dies, that that compass is gone, and that's when he would take it. That's what I thought they would do. I mean, fuck, why wouldn't you take it? I would fucking take it. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Does that say something about me? (laughs) Not really. I mean, there are no real side effects to this, are there? No. It's not like... Your your blood boils or whatever it is, and then you feel (laughs) hot for a second, and I guess you get super strength. Yeah, I don't think it like does anything to you, right? No. Yeah, it doesn't deform you. It doesn't make you jacked anymore. It's pro- it's probably safer than the COVID vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the line that Hoskins has, and it, this this harkens back to our, our, our last conversation we had about uh, Erskine, right? His his mm-hmm. his saying that like, oh, you know, the serum. If you're good, it's just going to make you, you know, more good. And if, but if you're bad, it's going to bring that out. And you know, Hoskins has a very same line that you know, like power. It just kind of amplifies who you are already. And, you know, in his mind, he thinks John is, is a hero. You know, he has the three uh, medals of honor and he's he's the best version of Captain America we're going to get after Steve. But like what we've seen is that, you know, this guy's already a dick and he's already like on edge. And and it is interesting to see that once he takes the serum, like qu- how quickly he goes over that edge. Yeah, I, I think it's so funny that you don't really get to see like what john walker's really made of like what part of him is like the part worthy of like three medals of honor like i i see someone who's like completely unfit to be like in command of anything he's like such a hothead he's got a temper and he's like bad in like a fight like what what part of him is like the ultimate soldier right yeah that makes him like worthy of carrying that shield i feel like they did a bad job of like making him like have any sort of like tactical prowess or like i mean obviously he's a good fighter but like and there's something to be said that like there's a conversation between a a white man and a black man and it sounds like they did the same thing right he makes it sound like we what we had to do over there earned john medals but did it earn hoskins medals Mm. it it Mm. sounds like they were partners in the war right right, sounds like they were in the field of battle together and it sounds like they did the same things mm. but yet it's john who got the medals and not hoskins interesting i didn't think of, i didn't think of that i don't know maybe yeah i don't know if that was like intentional in that conversation that for us to like pick that out i latched on to that too when i was lis- uh, listening to that conversation i'll go back to what jeff was saying about walker not being fit i mean i think his lack of fitness is supposed to be like moral and psychological mm-hmm. and not like tactical. So like yeah, maybe like they should have done a better job of showing that he was a more tactically sound soldier or whatever. But 
I mean, I think they're focusing on the moral rot at the heart of the character. Mm-hmm. And I think the medals of honor are almost supposed to be demerits in a way. I, I don't know. The way he talks about it, he's like, oh, what we did over there and blah, blah, blah. So, like, I don't know if – Yeah. I mean, I guess they're supposed to prove, prove that, like, the way the military is selecting their cap candidates is, like, not the proper way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Not really. I think I want to point out like Henry Jackman's score in this again. I think mm-hmm. his his work is so good, tying like back to like the lead motifs of like Civil War and Winter Soldier, Black Panther, Black Panther with the Wakanda themes with the water drums. It's so good. He's he's such a good composer. I think I think his work is really really great here. Like if you ask me, like what's the music in WandaVision? I can fucking tell you, but like. You have, like, the Winter Soldier theme here and everything. I'm like, I just recognize that stuff instantly, you know? And, and like, it's just it's just great soundtrack work here. So, like, I don't think the show has diminished in quality from my initial opinion that much. Well, the first episode, I gave it a B plus. I think I'd probably, like, probably around a B here. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to stick the landing here or if they are, but, like, it's typical Marvel stuff so far, I think. I think it does try to go a little deeper. Like Amir, you said a couple episodes ago, it's given its good college try. So, yeah, I think typical Marvel stuff's the perfect sum- summation. If you like the Marvel stuff, you'll like this. If you don't like the Marvel stuff, you will not like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think if there's nothing else to be said, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me and my writing on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Um, you can also find my writing at Jeff's blog. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at The Wrong Day, Day spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that is for uh, Instagram and Twitter. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions about this episode and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting listener mail. Sometimes we read it out on the pod, so feel free to send us a line. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys in.